everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is Friday, June 3rd, and we just got back from, like, get this? Oh, 2022. Sorry, I always forget that. Um, back from the DCA, the Darien Community Association, where we were the guest speaker at their annual meeting. I know, I know. I'm, I'm still a little uh, I'm starstruck from this ep- this uh, occurrence. But just, just so you guys know, DCA, Daring Community Association, is a large not-for-profit group in this town that does amazing things. Um, and one of the things they do is a speaker series. We were not part of that. You should see, you guys should hear some of the executives they bring on that live in Darien. But in this case, they brought us on to hear because <laughs> they probably ran out of, of, of <laughs> eligible. Has dried up. <laughs> but they, uh, they brought on, us on to understand of uh, this podcast, why we do this town podcast and what it's all about. So for the first time, the, uh, the, to the interview questions were being asked of us. Yeah, <laughs> the, the script was flipped. And better than that, we were interviewed by S.E. Cup, the famous television commentator. She's a CNN commentator and... What a fabulous lady. She lives here in Darien. Um, an incredible career in journalism. And I'm so, I feel so lucky that we had a chance to talk to her. And I'm hoping oh, we can bring her on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, I was blown away being on the same stage as her. I was like, this is wrong, S.E. <laughs> like, you are too yeah. cool for, for us to be sitting here. But B, we are going to bring her on. Uh, I think we're going to lock her in for August. So stay tuned for that because it's really interesting to hear from a woman like that who's achieved such amazing stuff to... Um, know why she lives in Darien and why it's a great place and she also talked about in this interview that you're going to hear um, the importance of local journalism so um, hopefully we can bring that to you in the next month or so yeah so I hope you guys enjoy this special episode pleasure to start the main event and introduce our guests or maybe I should say now we're talking Taylor Carter worked on Wall Street in bond trading and sales, retired to raise her four children, and recently returned to work at Morgan Stanley in private wealth management. She served on Darien's RTM and is now on its board of finance. She also volunteers as a softball and field hockey coach in town. She's a graduate of the University of Vermont, where she was a ski racer. Liz Geiger was a marketing and operations professional in New York City who is now home raising three girls. She is chairman of the town's architectural review board as well as a travel lacrosse coach. Liz is a graduate of Stanford University where she also played division one lacrosse and currently volunteers in their alumni interviewing program. So basically you have uh, two slackers here this morning. What a, what a group. Taylor and Liz will be in conversation with fellow Darien resident and CNN commentator Essie Cup, who brings her distinct outlook to CNN programming and special political coverage, and who most recently hosted CNN's Essie Cup Unfiltered, a weekly program. I wanted to share that Essie has been such a gracious friend of the DCA, as she's been both a featured speaker and a moderator for our Darien Neighbors Speaker Series. What a treat to have these three smart and dynamic women together. Please welcome Taylor Carter, Liz Geiger, and Essie Cup. Double fisting this morning. Good job. It's coffee, I promise. <laughs> that was quite the intro. Um, well, thanks everybody. What a great turnout. I know everyone's excited to hear from these ladies and we've met, we did a pre-interview. Uh, so I know what y'all are in for and <laughs> it is good. It is good. Um, so let's, 
do some basics. I'm sure there are some folks in here who don't know you. How did you guys meet? I don't know, Taylor. <laughs> Oh, we got we to warmed up here. First of all, by the way, I got to say, I was a little nervous that slate wasn't going to be cleared and it would be scandal here that we would have some board members kicked off. So I'm glad <laughs> that went well, first of all. <laughs> Pressure off. Um, Told you. So how did we meet? Um, yeah. I mean, we met at my house. There was a bunch of ladies around. We kind of went around and introduced ourselves. And Liz's introduction of herself was so funny that later on, I had this idea. I think I want to start a podcast. And I was like, I know exactly the woman I'm going to call. And it was <laughs> you. And it was just meant to be from the beginning. Like your sense of humor attracted me to you. We only met like two and a half, three years ago now. Yeah. Like that. But, I know. Um, uh, and Millie said, let's be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you're cool. You're smart. You know what you're doing. Can I be best friends? Laugh. Like, <laughs> 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 Well, when we met too, like I have this thing when I introduce myself, I always say my name. I'm like, Liz Geiger, nice to meet you. Like, I just like say my name because I'm terrible with names. Yeah. So um, I repeat it. So I always like, you know, I know Krista McNair was just talking about this. I always say her name wrong. We were just talking about this at the beginning here. I'm like, I'm just terrible at names. So whenever I go in a group, I'm always repeating my name so people know because I want people to do it for me because I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it too. I'm really bad with names, except my kids' friends' names. I know all of them. And so now wow. I've started treating adults like, well, pretend they're friends of Jack's. And then I'll definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely remember your name, right? Like that's Connor, that's Ethan, that's cool. I know, I know them all, but with adults, it's, yeah. Um, so you talked about, I wanted to start a podcast and you thought about her. Why did you want to start a podcast? What, what was the, the germ? Um, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, I got really involved in town. I, years ago, I got involved with the RTM and then now on the Board of Finance, but uh, during COVID, I was very active in town with regard to the schools and my children. Um, I have four kids who are now ranging from first grade to eighth, no, seventh grade. Um, and we had four very different experiences during COVID. And coming out of that, that was challenging. I was like, I, I'm frustrated with everything that's going on right now in the community. Mm -hmm. the, the experience during COVID for school was difficult. And at the same time, the temperature in the community was elevated, to say yeah. the least. Um, I felt like the most complex, difficult issues that were being faced by some of the town leaders in particular were being boiled down to a headline or a tweet and just written off. There was no conversation anymore. So I, I spoke to my husband. I said, I've either got to start a new school or I've got to start a new like media outlet. It's <laughs> like... Why not? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I knew I didn't have the long-term passion for education. Like I, I'm passionate about it, but I wasn't going to dedicate my life to something like that. It was going to be media. And he said, you don't want to do a whole digital thing. It's like, you just, I think a podcast might be pretty cool. And so I have to give him full credit. It was his idea. Um, but just to foster communication again, like a long-form conversation, respect, understanding, you know, even if you don't agree with something that has happened or a decision that was made, understanding how that person got there. And you know, I had seen it happen to some of our elected officials. I had also, I was a person who was in Dr. Adley, the superintendent's office, you know, screaming essentially about what was happening in the schools. And it was important for us to interview him so that everyone could see that even though I had been on the front lines of criticizing what was happening, we could still have a respectful conversation. Um, and we need to have more of that and less slash and burn, like you're in this camp, you're in that camp, just understanding each other. Speak in my language, right? <laughs> don't I know that? Um, but you also talked about not being able, not feeling like in the community, you could have these honest conversations. 
in a safe space. Is that what you tried to create a safe space to have honest, tough conversations about what's going on in our community? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I had friends, I mean, the, the origins were born, I guess the seeds were planted in during the 2000, what was it? 18 election. And I had friends who were like, I don't feel like I can open my mouth. I don't, I'm afraid of being judged and I don't know who my friends are. And there were, there was a sense that like, you couldn't have a conversation anymore. Yeah. You were going to be labeled. You were going to be put into a category or a bucket. And so, yeah, I think that was a part of it too. I mean, it was trying to reopen lines of communication and have understanding and respect for everyone, despite, you know, differing opinions in certain cases. And when she asked you, what was your, what did you want to bring to it? Cause she obviously had a, a passionate reason to do it. And she thought you'd be a great personality, right? Dude, I'm like, the what? color, right? That's all I bring. I don't know what I'm doing. I just come, I walk into a podcast. I'm like, all right, let's tell a bad sexual joke and move on. And Taylor's like, oh my God. So I'm like, tell me where to show, what to do. I'll be there. This is great. I don't yeah. like, totally unprepared. Um, well, but I, I know you're joking. I don't think that's true though, joking. because well, I know <laughs> you do take this seriously. Oh, I, I definitely take it seriously. I, yeah. I know yeah. what you wanted you know, what you wanted to bring to this and you're passionate as a mom and as a member of the community. Yeah. Well, if you go, it's, it's kind of hard now. I feel like we're coming out of things. So it's kind of hard to remember what time was like. I mean, mm. this was a year, almost a year and a half ago now, or when we started this conversation, like things were super tense, like mm -hmm. even in, I mean, the nationally it was super intense, but back here in Darien, it was super tense. Like yeah. you weren't sure even like you look to your best friend and you wanted to like say something like something you saw on the news and you were frustrated, but you weren't even sure you could say something to a friend because yeah. maybe you would get judged, you would cause a fight. Like we were all still kind of locked down in COVID, you know, yeah. people were scared still. Um, and so for me, like, I just am all about like having a fun, keeping it fun, light, positive conversation. I feel like we couldn't get there. Taylor had, had this idea to me. I'm like, you know what, this is what we should be doing. We should be start, starting from the, the, the ground up and yeah. doing, starting local before we go national, right? I mean, that's how you know, more grassroots. Um, I feel like if we could start this conversation here in our hometown with all the great things we've got going on, like every day yeah. I look around, I'm like, holy crap, like, look at this. I mean, look at this DCA. I mean, look what Amy Bell's put together here. And yeah. sport. So I figured if we could start there and have those conversations, maybe we'd look around and think we're not as different. We're not as divisive, mm. you know, and it would start getting positive. I don't know yeah, if that's been yeah. the case. Like, well, so that's tell, kind of tell, what was our Tell us was. all like the kinds of people you like to interview. Who do you have on the show? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ranged so yeah. greatly. I mean, I think our favorite episodes are very different. Hers yeah. and mine. I mean, some of them you can probably tell when you listen. Some are like, this is her interview or this is my interview. Yeah. You know, you get passionate about certain topics, certain people. But we've had, I mean, we've had everyone from like Bob at the Sugar Bowl to the police department to the, um, we have Griffin House living in town. He's a musician. Oh, yeah, I love him. Oh, it's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite interview. Yes. Um, yeah. He's married. He's married. He's married. Yeah. Totally. I have stalked him already. She was starstruck. She was so starstruck. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. He's great. He's got um, kids in town. Yeah. He's yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, we just did the fantastics. That'll be out soon. Yeah, another um, band. Real estate's really big in town. Like, yes. Whenever yeah. we do real estate, our episode numbers oh, cool. go crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Darian loves to know. Darren wants, everyone in Darian wants to know what their, what their land value is. <laughs> I'm on Zillow what, every day. I have no plans of moving. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. What's the for sale? There's Ooh, so much yeah. changing right now. And the development is, you know, is a hot topic. So yeah, David Genovese's episode was super popular. I bet, and the yeah. federal real estate development was popular. Yeah. But this yeah. is, we, we struggle with this though too, about how, 
um, responsive to be to what's in the community versus how, how to be more balanced. Right. So like we try to hit like different buckets at different times, you uh -huh. know, let's do like an education bucket. Let's do a political bucket. Now let's do a real estate one. But at the same time, like this summer we had slated to kind of hit some things and we're, you know, next up we were going to do another small business feature, mm -hmm. but then stuff's going on in the community right now, you know, yeah. with the, the two suicides that have mm -hmm. happened. And it's, I think kind of, it demands maybe a more responsive. We don't want to be reactive, but we also want to be responsive to what the community is feeling and sensing. So we're thinking maybe we kind of change gears. And I don't know, we're learning as we go here about what's working. And when it's fun too, because I mean, it's played different roles. I think that we didn't even anticipate. I mean, during the election this fall, you know, we we went out to the candidates and offered them the opportunity to come in for 10 minutes and answer the same set of questions so that they could get their message out. And yeah. that was something that we really haven't had before. I mean, you get like what's printed in the paper. Right. And if you happen to, you know, go find Channel 79 and watch the debate, then you've got some information about yeah. the candidates. This is just a new way of understanding. We heard a lot of good feedback about that, you know, that people had been like, oh, thank you. Now I feel like I know who I'm voting for. I mean, what you're mm -hmm. describing sounds a lot to me like news. <laughs> and like what we do, right? We respond to current events. We might have plans, but we have to react to breaking news and current events. We talk about a community. It might be a national community. It could be a local community. It could be a global community. Do you see yourselves as kind of a local news outfit? I still could be, I can't believe I'm on the same stage as you. I keep looking at you like, stop. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying like, go on, tell me more. No, I mean, no, I'm... I'm very much in bed. I, I know I do na national news, right? It doesn't get any more national, in fact, international than CNN, right? We cover war and stuff that's going on. But I'm very invested in local news yeah. and our local news is struggling and um, starving. And in many cases, shuddering completely. And we've done studies that when local news outlets close, the corruption in a town goes up. I mean, because who's monitoring the local government? It's us. It's local news reporters asking the tough questions. Sometimes we're the only ones asking it. So I'm constantly looking for new ways to do local news. This seems to be a very efficient, cost efficient, um, easy to set up way of doing news. I know you're not journalists. And so I'm sure you run into some things that, you know, we might say, well, that's that as journalists, we shouldn't do that, but that's okay. I think you are providing a local news service though. I'm wondering if you see that. I think it's a, I would say it's a service to the community. We wanna be beneficial to the community, but one of my frustrations and one of the reasons I wanted to start a media outlet was because I didn't, I was frustrated by, you know, like the message that was coming out. I do think news is supposed to be unbiased. I'm not pretending to be unbiased, right? Like I am right. happy to interject my opinion on certain things. I try to be fair and, you know, ask the questions and respect and like, well-informed, have a, a respectful conversation, right. but I'm also not pretending to be someone I'm not. So. Listen, there's a role for that. I'm an opinion journalist. I do opinion news. Yeah. Nothing you're mm -hmm. doing is outside of the realm of, of, you know, this very large umbrella we call news, right? right. There's a role for this too. And I think, I mean, this might be a franchisable kind of model. Do you, do you think about that? If you're talking dollar signs, you got my attention. <laughs> you got my attention. Yes, yes. We'll talk after this. We'll some more. Um, but when we, when we met, is our first in our first like pre-interview, and it was still still starstruck then. Now, still now, I I'd asked you. This, I said my pro. I have a major problem with news. Like this, you know, um, 
it, it got hot in the last ele election cycle, but the whole, the, again, opinions with journalists. And I said, how do you do that? That drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't want to hear my news source telling me their opinion. Yeah. And I said, how do you feel about Tara and I? Like we've, at the beginning, we shied away from being more opinionated, or at least I did. I don't want to speak for you, sorry, T. Yeah. But um, because no one wants to hear our opinion on stuff, but at the same time, that's actually what a podcast is, is more about, is yes. to have an opinion. So yes. we've gone along a little bit more. We've tried to like, you know, even different, we've tried to bring in people with different opinions, all the better. It makes it all the more to. interesting, yeah. right? Yes. Um, but I guess we're, we're, we're getting a little more comfortable sharing our opinions. And by the way, that freaks me out <laughs> because like in the world, you put it out there. I feel like it, you anything you say, it's snapped. Off. I don't know how you do it because yeah. I like, I mean, the smallest thing I'll say get, will get a repercussion. You know, yeah. like I was talking to someone about this, you put you type in a wrong word in something and you're, yes. you could be out of a job a second later. I don't well, know. Do you guys think about that? Because yeah, listen, you know, whether it's cancel culture or just being responsible and accountable for the things you say, you know, with media the way it is and social media the way it is, it can go a lot of places. And freaky, you have to deal with that in a small town where people talk and you see your, you know, kids parents and you know your friends and right. um all of that how do you how do you deal with that yeah there's risk in that absolutely i mean when you put your opinion out there you you do run the risk of blowback but i've also found that by being willing to say something out loud that i feel strongly about it gives sort of that ideological home to a lot of people who felt afraid to say it yeah and they feel a lot happier that they're not alone yeah. um that was especially important over the last few years and so um <laughs> like that tune <laughs> that's our tune <laughs> all right super fan over there right there <laughs> and you get a car <laughs> braver even in a small town than it is you know on a on a bigger platform because you have to see these you have to see your neighbors yeah and yeah. you know i don't have to see the idiots on twitter the trolls i never yeah. have to see them. <laughs> i can pretend they don't exist you have to see the people you're talking about um yeah. you know and well, the things you're talking about you have to you have to confront that that's good. That's why it's good to have a partnership. I mean, it's good yeah. to have someone that you can find yeah. solace in when you feel like the world's attacking you. Like, right. Run in my whole, yeah, we have one friend left. But Taylor's, I mean, I, I joke with her all the time, but she, this, she's an amazing woman. I mean, she's got me on this path of like, if you really believe in something, I, mean, I always felt this, but Taylor put it, she, she has a really good way of putting this into words and saying it thoughtfully and expressing it well. You know, if you believe in something and you put it out there, you know, like if you stand behind it, then you should be proud of that, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And like, and so she comes by her convictions, honestly. And so do yeah. I, and I've kind of like taken, um, gotten courage from her watching yeah. her do that. And then at the same time, by the way, she's my, my editor. So when all the stupid things I say and, like, during a podcast, I'll be like, say something, a completely inappropriate joke. And she'll be like, that's getting edited. Got it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me try it again. How about this way? Nope. That's getting edited too. I'm like, oh, <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna be say nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that that is good. Fun. We're not at least live in that sense. We have a little, a small, but you, I mean, yeah. to be yeah. live, woo, disaster. <laughs> I mean, I have lawsuits all over. I mean, you, you shouldn't do live. I yeah. should do live. Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem. We should wrap this up. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not for everyone. <laughs> um, you just touched on this though, um, the sense of courage you get from each other, and I know that female entrepreneurship is important to you guys and you left corporate jobs or left and came back to corporate jobs, you know, 
Um, how do you view that life versus this mission in terms of entrepreneurship and female empowerment? Wow, I didn't see that one coming, Se. Should prepare <laughs> for that. I offered. That's a good one. I offered to share my questions in advance, which no. journalists never do. But we're friends, and you said no. Surprise me. So I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah surprise. Um, let me think about that before jumping on. I mean, how empowered did you feel as a female executive or businesswoman in corporate New York City marketing? In your case, finance. In your case versus how empowering you feel doing this. It might be the same, it might be different. Mm -hmm. I, it's not a leading question, I just yeah. wanna know. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the ultimate job is to work for yourself on your own terms. I mean, this, if I could make this my full-time job, like I would do it in a heartbeat. I yeah. think that's fantastic. You know, male or female has really nothing to do with it in my opinion, but yeah. just to have that freedom and, you know, to wake up every morning and do something creative that uh -huh. you love and that you, you know, you get to make the rules, the hours, the yeah, I love that. I do too. I mean, yeah. it's awesome being able to juggle being a mom and do that. <laughs> I mean, I um, I struggle. One of my really good friends here is you know works for women's groups and empowering women, and I'm amazed she does that. And I think I take for granted the the women the woman identity. I don't really like. I, I don't identify. I'm like the opposite of where <laughs> we're going as a trend. I just like am what I am. I guess. Um, but the, so <laughs> I gotta make sure I don't say something stupid here, That's like okay. I normally do. But. Um, <laughs> So I never thought, I, I guess I, I need to be more appreciative of all the women who trailblaze to make that, that, this alone. That, I mean, that's a privilege, right? To be able to just say, like, I don't think about it in terms of like being a woman. I just feel like there's an opportunity there, whether I'm a man or woman or like, like whatever I was, yeah. like I, it was going to be there. And I think it's because I've got like awesome women here and like someone like you who's trailblazing the last 20 years. I mean, I asked you why SE? And mm -hmm. you had told me that part of that, right, was yep. you don't want to be like gender identified, right? And yeah, in limited. college. Uh huh. Yeah, that, in I don't college, speak... I worked for the newspaper and I said, I'm going to go by SE and be like mysterious and gender anonymous. And then I ended up working in television and obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, the jig is up. So now it's just an obnoxious affect. But did but you yeah. think it was going to hold you back if they thought you were a woman or did you not? Did that have part I of it? I didn't know. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I wanted to be taken seriously. Yeah. And it can be tough, especially when you're covering politics as a very young woman. Um, you know, I wanted to be taken seriously. And I thought removing that veil, you know, um, having a veil of sorts would have would maybe give me a, an advantage, but I didn't plan on going into television. I just planned on being a writer. And then, you know, yeah. So here you're is. too good looking just to hide behind words. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Unlike us, though, someone we had a first guest that came in and go, "You two have got faces for podcasts." Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. It was, did someone oh, actually say yeah, that? I think in Jess. I hope in Jess. I gotta, I gotta follow up with him. Actually. Yeah. Oh my god, that's worse. <laughs> what an a hole! No, it was a joke. I think it was a joke. Was a joke. Oh my god! Well, I hope it Just was jokes. a joke because yeah. you guys are gorgeous. Oh boy! I want to know what do your kids think about the cool mom podcasters? Oh my god, it's so cute. They want to be on the show. Like, oh, that's awesome! They, I mean, if you guys have ever listened to the Sugar Bowl episode, that <laughs> intro was gold. I mean, it was the kids' voices. We asked them what they thought of the Sugar Bowl, and they're her little two-year-old voice like melts my heart mm. um th they love it and it's Aww. so cute my six-year-old we have uh, the studios in the basement so we shut the top door and shut all the doors downstairs and there's a sign on the front that says recording yeah do not enter or yeah. something <laughs> and the other day she flipped it over and in her like six-year-old handwriting she writes 
not recording, please come in. <laughs> she wants to be in there with us. Like she would sit there every day and just do it with us if she could. They love oh, that's it. great. Cool. And my, I've got a, a five-year-old that's a character. She acts like she's like five going on 40. And she, like, she's always like busy doing her work. And so like Dan and I will try, Dan has my husband, we'll try to interrupt her. Like she'll be sitting at a desk doing something. Like, hey, Millie, it's time to eat. She's like, excuse me, I'm doing my podcast. Like, oh, <laughs> sorry. He's like, like, you're five. What are you talking about? Like, so cute. And my husband's like, do you even know what a podcast is? She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, That's really cute. Me, yeah, my son does the same. I'll hear him sometimes playing by himself and he'll be like, Hey guys, welcome to the show. That's so cute. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Okay, I have one more question for you. It's my favorite question um, that we started repeating um, to all of these series. Um, and then I want to open it up for audience and Zoom questions if you want to get those ready. Why did you choose to live in Darien? Gosh, the question is like, why would you not live in Darien? I know. Hello, right? Yes. right? <laughs> you want to go jump in? Go. Well, I mean, there's the, why we actually moved here, which is a lot of people say, like, you do the calculations on, I need to get into the city, and this has great schools. Yeah. Whatever. But you know, the feeling here, the culture, the shared values, the yeah, I'm an athlete. Everyone seems to like sports here. It's beautiful. The yeah. the combination of you know, natural surroundings, architecture, family values, athleticism, the, the vibe here is, is very much home for me. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I mean, everything you just said, I, I, I think part of it too, when you, when you leave New York city, well, I was in New York city too, mm -hmm. and you think to move out, I mean, first you're not going to Jersey, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> And I can say that. I can say that. See, Taylor goes, that's editing. See, this is the problem. I can edit it. But, but I lived in Jersey, so I'm allowed to say that, right? Right. No offense to Jersey. And it counts, right? Yeah. Um, so you're going to pass by New York and their taxes, and you're going to have to, you know, to, you know, Fairfield County, the next closest thing. But then you look at Greenwich, you got this big city, right? Huge. Huge. It's a city. Yeah. And then you go past, and then you think, okay, maybe even go to New Canaan. That's lovely. Yeah. But it's off the coast. It's not on the beach, no beach. Right? right? And it's not a direct commute to the city. So you find this little quiet, once sleepy town kind of nestled in that kind of was understated for a while. Yeah. And by the way, you know, like the hats off, you know, people know about it now, right? Yeah. That, that's the problem. Everyone knows about yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, that kind of goes back to the whole podcast. I mean, we've got so many cool beautiful things happening here and yes. we want to feature them. I mean, maybe we're ruining, maybe we're like, we're blowing up our town. And that <laughs> way. I don't even think we knew the gold mine we were uncovering by doing this because, you know, we thought there's a ton of interesting people, but had no idea just how much more respect I would have for mm. the people in this town. You know, mm. the things that we have discussed and the generosity we've exposed, like it discussed, it's mind blowing. The amount of money that is <coughs> given in this town yes. to support so many beautiful, wonderful things that make it so nice to live here. I mean, yeah. we're so, so lucky. And don't you yeah, find, sure. I found like when I moved here, I don't know, five years ago, it's a town that makes you want to invest and get involved in this town. I felt selfish just moving here and like mooching, right? Like taking advantage of all the beauty and the, the awesomeness of this town and not giving anything back, doing anything back. You want to get involved because it's so welcoming and wonderful. You want to keep it that way. Yeah. 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 And some, we had a, we did a podcast, the land trust, our most recent, we just posted it. And one of the guys on there, Den said something beautiful. And he said, like, you, you move to a town like this, you, you, cause you have all these great attributes you appreciate and you don't realize till you get there, like that there's a whole network and wheel of people making it so fantastic. Yes. And he said, 
and it's our duty as citizens of that town to get involved. Yeah, yeah I'm not repeating. He said it much more eloquently, but uh, it's our duty to get involved in town because if we don't, someone else is going to decide what this town looks like and how it operates. Yeah. And it's not going to be people from here. It's going to be people from the outside <laughs> deciding what we look like. Right. It's not going to happen in 20 years. By the way, things are moving and how fast it's going to be like in five or 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really, really well stated and important. Like, yeah, yeah get involved. Like it's mm -hmm. such an incredible community that volunteers in so many ways. I mean, I, I, I I don't know if it's like that in other places. I'm guessing it isn't, but I think you're, you'd be challenged to find someone that doesn't volunteer doing something. Something, yeah. Whether it's you know a person to person or in town government mm -hmm. or you know coaching a, a sports team, like right. everyone's doing at least one thing. Yeah, because I think we all feel lucky to be here. It's like a culture of teamwork, which I love, and yeah. that brings the community together. And then when tragedies happen, it's a family. Like yeah. it really feels that. And I love what we do because we're celebrating that. Like, yeah. Well, it's great. And we're glad to have you guys and to have you have a bigger voice um, in this community. We're real lucky. And I encourage everyone to, to tune into the podcast. Um, uh, let's circle back at that franchising though, after. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I haven't forgotten that. Investing, but okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I didn't promise any money. Down. Yeah. But, but no, I could, I could see this, you know, cropping up. I'm sure it's already in a lot of communities, but I could see more of this really becoming a local news kind of service. And we need more of that. We really do. Um, let's take some questions now. Amy, what do you got? Um, I'm going to have you call in the audience. Okay, great. And, and if you guys would just wait for me to bring the mic to you, because that will help our virtual audience here a little better. And Liz, I will talk to you afterwards about the New Jersey comment. Okay? Oh! <laughs> oh, so See, this is Rodney Taylor. <laughs> I can't go wrong. <laughs> All right, hey guys, that was so great. Loved it. Really great to meet you. I am a big supporter of female entrepreneurs. I have a little blog, but I would love to know how you plan to monetize your podcast. <laughs> the question of oh, the year. Yeah. Yeah. Just kidding. No, we have started advertising um, this year and it's, you know, we're off to a good start. Liz is running that ship for us and the marketing professional in here. We're we're starting to do that. Yeah. Advertising because you, you have, we have such a, a local, uh, a refined audience here that we're targeting, right. You know, you know, 20,000 people and it, you know, some of our episodes get 10,000 listens, mm. right. I mean, that's, it's 50% of the audience here in town. And you think about, we know the type of behaviors, you, you know, where they live, obviously, you know, the type of behaviors, the, the kind of the profile of these people, it's a really well-targeted thing. So I think for advertisers that um, there's a lot of potential there. So mm. hopefully that will, that model will keep growing. We'll see. Good. Yes. Hi. Thank you. This is so interesting. Um, this is actually a question for Essie, and it's, it's playing off of your comment about the podcast replacing local news. And, you know, last night we were um, blessed to hear uh, Bob Sauerberg being interviewed, uh, the uh, CEO of Reddit. Um, and I know so many people who get their news from social media exclusively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, I actually fact check with other news sources. And I just, Want to get a sense for where do you see how do you see it evolving and, and what role do you see the traditional news source playing going forward juxtaposed <laughs> to this which i think are both amazing yeah resources for us we're struggling with where it's going right i don't know if you all saw cnn plus a streaming service folded instantly before it really even launched right right um like half a billion dollars in a haircut basically and so we're, as an industry, struggling with how to meet the new technological demands, people getting their news from streaming or social, 
um, while still providing you know, live news because you do tune into live news and live sports. So those are still what you watch TV for. And um, we don't have the answers yet, but what I do know is all of these conglomerates buying local television stations, local newspapers are terrible. It's terrible for news, it's terrible for communities. And when you think about local news, I always describe it, it's two ways. Local news is important, as I said, because what's happening on your board of ed, sanitation board, what's happening in your community is way more important than what's happening in Washington, DC. I promise you, it will affect your lives much more than what's happening in Washington. But two, a local news story can very quickly become a national news story. If you look at Penn State, broken by a local news reporter in Pennsylvania named Sarah Gannon, who happens to now work at CNN, but she was a local news reporter, broke the Sandusky story. It obviously became a huge story. Spotlight, Boston priest scandal. Jeffrey Epstein was broken by the Miami Herald. For years, she was on a story that no one wanted to touch. And she went there and got it. So the stories that start small can have huge global implications. Flint, Michigan is a story broken by local news. How impactful was that on a community? Um, so we have to start paying attention to local news and investing more in local news because I think it reorients our priorities. I think it draws us closer together as a community. It holds our community accountable and it provides a service that connects us as a community. So I'm open to all kinds of new options. Um, and that can be on social media. That can be on podcasts and digital media. It can live wherever, but I think we need to invest more in our local communities as news providers. And the way news providers look is changing. It can be a couple moms who care a lot about their community and do their homework and ask questions. And I was telling them at you know, our first dinner, they hold themselves to like journalistic standards that they weren't even aware of, like inviting both candidates to come on their show. Well, that's something we do because in some cases on network news, we have to equal time. Um, they didn't know that, but they knew enough to do that and to do research. And so they're really moved by news impulses. So this might be what it looks like. And I think that's really cool. Okay. Yes. Thanks so much, ladies. Um, I just wanted to get back to the podcast, excuse <clears throat> me, in case some people have not even heard them. Uh, Taylor and Liz, can you just elaborate a little bit more? You mentioned you have some of your favorites and both. Which ones were your favorite one? And can you elaborate why and tell us a little bit more about that particular episode? Let's talk more about oh Grim House. Goodness. Yes. Oh my God, Grim House. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. He's the, our favorite, I mean, that's like asking what's our favorite child. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, who's your favorite? <laughs> On record? I know that's a doozy of a question. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I, I liked Griffin because I think it was, it's so fascinating to me. I, I find myself to be, you know, I'm a finance person, right? I'm analytical. I look at numbers, whatever. And to meet an artist yeah, and ask him, like, and to be in the same room, to feel the energy and ask, like, how do you come up with these lyrics? Like, how do you? Yeah. And, and, and it was what I kind of suspected. Like, he's like, sometimes they just come to you. Like, yeah. it's just, it's almost like it's another power. Like, there's something else going on. It's the way it feels. And then to hear him perform in the studio was I mean, it, to me, it was just like magic. So it was cool. So different and so neat. But, Taylor turned yeah. to me and said, Liz, can you leave us alone in this room? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> okay, she didn't say that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. It is honestly like asking me what my favorite child is. I mean, I saw Jen Pearl in here. She's DY Lax. We had in her here to talk about that programming. I mean, holy cow. That was one of my babies. Cause I'm involved in lacrosse. I love that. Um, another one that's on top of my mind lately, I always go back to this is the one with, uh, pastor Gary. He's a priest in town. And we picked him. He's at Neurotin Presbyterian. We picked him because we had a connection with them and we could have done probably, I mean, there's so many great um, churches in town and, pa and pastors, but um, he came on and it was like a roller coaster ride talking to him. I mean, the emotions, like one minute he was like, ha, ha, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it was like so intense. And you're like, like, going, like, you didn't know what to do. I was like, holding on to Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. I mean, because his story is so like, I mean, if you have any doubts that this guy is for real, I mean, sit down with him for one minute. And mm. it, I mean, it is, it's contagious. And I'm thinking about him again, too, because someone was telling me this week that no joke with all that's gone in our community, he has, don't quote me on this, allegedly, I think like a thousand kids a week reaching out to him for looking for help and for service. Mm. And, um, and so I've been thinking about him too, as we go through this and about who to talk to, who our community needs, who, who are these leaders in our communities, these yeah. beacons that can kind of like help us these times and keep things light. Um, and his episode, his, his is one of my favorite because of that. He's just such a, he's a great one. Um, great. I, I also have to give a shout out to Jamie Stevenson because Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where is she sitting? Where is she? Yeah. Wait. Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jamie kicked us off. We, our first two episodes were Jamie, the personal and then the professional. And I mean, the personal, if you haven't listened to that, like she trolled rifles. I was her friend, but I still didn't know some of this. It was so cool. And so much it. fun. Not only that, but Jamie and Terry Wood were big supporters of ours off the in the very beginning, like wow. getting us ramped up. I mean, Jamie donated a rug to our podcast room to make to help insulate the sound. Oh, so I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a really good point. I'm gonna say, if we, I don't think if we didn't have Jamie, like you, she's a local celebrity, right? Everyone wants to spend some time with Jamie, like obsessed with her. If if you hadn't done that for us and come on and kind of led and, and put us at that stature that said these guys are for real, legit, yeah. um, <laughs> we we wouldn't be. There's no doubt. No, like. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I really, yeah, that's a great, I'm glad Taylor said that. Like she was, yeah. All right. Great. Go for Congress, Jamie. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> we support you. <laughs> Anybody else in the room? Do we have Zoom questions, Amy, too? Okay. Sorry, I, I agree that, that the Jamie kickoff was huge. Um, my question is pretty straightforward. What's next? Like what's, what's on the horizon? Uh, franchising, next? apparently. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> We're talking. In terms of coverage, topics, ideas, what's, what, what do you got? How open do we want to be? Well, first, one of our, our next appearances, we're going to be at the sidewalk sale in July. Um, we're going to be there with our, the chamber um, who we've had on. Um, because I'm a big proponent for shopping local, keeping things local. So we're going to sit with them and try to bring some awareness to our um, our local retail and our, our brick and mortar. Um, well, I mean, I don't think there's any risk in saying what we're thinking about. I don't. I just don't know that we'll be able to pull it off. I what mean, are we I, thinking about? Well, a couple of things. Like one is how, you know, we're talking about the summer and beaches and oh, oh yeah, how you know access to our beaches is kind of a hot topic right now, and mm. you know, discussing that. Um, that would be interesting to me. I also, you know, unfortunately, because of what has happened in our community, mm. you know, somehow addressing mental health of our young people would be important to me emotionally. So I don't know how to do that in a sensitive way yet. We haven't figured out who we would bring in that would have the credibility and the sensitivity and the right, like hit 
you know, like the right note so that we yeah. don't do it incorrectly. But that that's a passion project. Like I'd love to do something that was beneficial. Um, I also school security. I, it's school security and what to do in the event of an active shooter. I think that would be helpful <coughs> as like a public service announcement, something like that. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if we can do it, but those are ideas that we've had. Well, let me just say on the topic of mental health, you have to do it. Oh, it's hard to do it, but you have to, because and I've talked a lot about mental health because I've struggled with my mental health. And every time I talk about it, I hear from so many people, thank God you admitted it. I didn't know you were going through something and it gives someone permission to talk about it and it gets less stigmatized. It becomes more normalized. I've started conversations now with what well, my therapist says just to normalize it. <laughs> um, because especially when you're a kid, you know, as moms, we tend not to model our breakdowns. We hide them. And my therapist says, <laughs> don't do that. If your kid, grows up thinking mom's perfect. Mom's got all the answers. Mom's got it all figured out. Mom doesn't have any challenges or struggles. You're not raising a kid who knows to ask for help when he faces inevitable challenges and struggles. He's trying to be perfect too. So we have to talk about it. I'm happy to set you up with some folks in the mental health space who might be good guests for you, okay. but we have to, especially in this community, given what's going on. Suicide can be a contagion. I've seen this in colleges, when in a small community, it has a, a trickle effect. We have to address it uh, for all the reasons. So it's important that you guys do. I'll help you do it. You have to. To what do you think about um, talking to kids? You know, when we brought this up, a lot of kids said, you know, they're, I mean, not paraphrase, but like they, 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 they've heard enough from experts. Like they want to hear from each other and they're, they're, they want to hear from their peer groups and they're inspired yeah. by their peer groups. So I, I think they I, have to hear from people who've gone through it not yeah. experts, people yeah. who've gone through it. Here's what I went through. I was depressed. I was suicidal. Here's how I got help. Here's how I got out of it. They have to hear those stories. Yeah. Um, those are the stories that they're going to cling onto and latch onto, speak from experience, um, and, and not an expert saying, here's how to ask for help. And here, you know, that's, yeah. that's not, I don't think, impactful, as impactful. The thing, the thing I wonder about, though, is this idea that that children who are, you know, dying by suicide knew that or, or knew that they were at risk of it even that morning, right? Like, is it is it an emotional thing? Do they know it? Do they know they need help or do they not? Like, is it just this, is it happening kind of, is it catching them and their families by surprise? Like, I don't know. I, I wonder with the volatility of emotion in, mm -hmm. in the nation right now, mm -hmm. right? It goes mm -hmm. like this. It's like highs are really high and the lows yeah. are really low. And, you know, how do we kind of, like compress those waves a little bit. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, social media, bullying, online bullying. That's a big thing for especially kids and that age group. There's a lot of things you'd want to address and talk about. And the um, roots that some kids take through this, I mean, it's all different. It's not one thing. So you might want to have a, a few different guests to talk. Exactly. You know, that's kind of the point. So I don't know how we do this from like, yeah, from one all encompassing way. Well, I just did an event and not to derail this, but I think it's so important. I just did an event at um, the Bronxville counseling center and it was two therapists, me and a teenager, a girl in high school who was talking about how she's been getting mental health help. And when I tell you, she got all the questions. I didn't. 
The therapist didn't, she did. Because everyone in the room was a parent. Yeah. And wanted to know, okay, how do I talk to my kid about it? What's been good for you? Yeah, what's going on inside their heads. Right. Mm. So I think having a few different perspectives, but especially if, you know, a kid or a young adult's perspective would be really helpful. Yeah, and as adults, understanding how we've contributed to whatever's going on in their heads would be, you know. How we can help, so yeah. yeah, yeah. But that question, though, is a good like, to follow up that like, so we will address like some reactive stuff, I think go into good. the mental health of the team and they'll also try to keep on like, not everything's so heavy. We'll try to do some light stuff too and talk about our beaches, talk about small business. We'll, you know, we, we'll hit our buckets again. And then Darren will be scratching for real estate in a couple months, we know. So we'll go back to that. And, <laughs> and if you know. anybody has ideas, please send us an email because we're always looking for yeah. good ideas. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. So we, I don't think she'll mind uh, me sharing this. I have one comment from the virtual audience and our friend, Susan Schultz, the former editor of the Darien uh, Times. Uh, one of you have to tell her, yes. <laughs> the reaction in the room. She Aww, did a wonderful job. Um, she would like to know why she's not your favorite podcast. <laughs> that is hysterical. <laughs> I will have say, some explaining to do. That, that's funny. That and now Jersey. Yeah. Um, I will say Susan came on and we had this thing she was talking about. She cooks for, um, for the police force and yeah. she came in right. and it got in this thing. It was, we were playing with our mics and got this thing. She was telling us like about her rice balls and we were talking about how good her rice balls were. And it got like weird and sultry and like, it was one of the funniest like moments. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a good one. Susan, we give you credit. We hear you, man. Yes. It was a good one. That was it great. Was it was a great episode. Susan's a, great a treasure. Yeah. It's a treasure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I right. ask a number of people if they have listened to the podcast, and they'll say, "No, I don't really know how to do podcasts." I'm wondering if you could spend two minutes and give those people who do not have a comfort level. Good idea. People yeah. my age who don't. Um, I'm, I'm a little prejudiced. Thank I was forced Good to idea. Learn, but, but not everybody. And does. brave admission. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. How to do a pot. You know, you know what? I've told my mom this like 15 times and it's still not taking through. So I think you got to take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, I honestly, before we started podcast, I didn't know much about it either. Mm -hmm. um, if you have an iPhone, there's already an app on there for podcasts and it's purple. And you kind of push that button and search for now we're talking Darian. Spotify has our, we, we're on like nine different platforms. So Spotify, if you have that for music, just search the podcast for that. Uh, or Search now we're talking Darian. Um, Amazon has us. Um, Google. Google. Mm -hmm. There's I can't remember the, the next. So if you like, Google now, we're talking Darian. Yeah, if you even just put it in the, the Google machine. Yep, Google and it. And hit podcast, like yeah. it will come up. And depending on who your provider is, you know, we, it's a free podcast. You don't have to subscribe or anything, but you know, you can get it through any of those apps. Mm -hmm. Google it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you, ladies. And you know, if you want a little bit more of this, you've got more than 40 podcasts, I think, available. Is that yeah. the right number? So yeah, yeah, 43, 44. You can, like that. That's amazing. you can get more of what you've seen this morning um, to keep you busy for a while and get to know you guys even more. But uh, I just want to thank you on behalf of the DCA for a wonderful morning. Thank you. I'm so honored. Thank you.